Okay, we're starting a fresh parak, Daf Kuf Zayin. So this parak is all about Mion. Mion is a concept where the Rabbanon were Mesach and a Kedushin for a girl who is a minor. Now, the background to this is that the Torah gives a father the permission, the right. It's biti nasati lishazeh, the Pasuk says. So the, father gives a father, the Torah gives a father a right to encourage his daughter, and that's a Daraisa Kedushin. So he is the Das, whatever he wants. We don't even ask her. It's not, it doesn't matter. Whatever the father wants, that's who she's going to be married to, and that's binding on a Torah level. Now, if the father's not in the picture, father passed away or something like that, so then the Torah, the, the Torah doesn't give any rights to any other family members to marry her off. And Rabbanon, what do we say? That a mother or a brother can marry her off, but an important thing that it's all the Rabbanon and it's only done if she wants it. It's only done midaita. Now the Rabbanon gave a caveat to that. They said, even though she is Mekudash as Rabbanon based upon what her other family members will decide in conjunction with her, but she has the right of refusal. She could do mean. And the way Mian works is that at any point, at any point, Mian works that at any point in the marriage, if she's unhappy, she can say, you know what, I'm out of here. She can just say, I'm out, and she can leave, and then she doesn't even require a get. It's a tremendous chiddush, and it works retroactively that she was not married. And we'll see all the implications of that in this parak. Okay, so that's the concert. She's married with Rabbana. At any point, she comes along and she says, I'm not interested in being with this guy anymore. She walks away, and then she retroactively was not married. Pretty interesting idea. And why were the Rabbanim in this? Because the rabbis don't want girls who are not taken care of. That's the idea. It's not a good thing for society to have the girls who are just around. No one's protecting them. No one's this and that. It's not a good and that's not healthy. So it's a good thing. You want the marriage. So says the Mishnah, Only Arusos could have meat. Remember, there are two stages of how a woman gets married. There's Arusa, which she's betrothed. She's married, but they're not living together. And as soon as when they actually... After chuppah, they start living together. And we'll see in the Gemara that there's actually even an, an earlier stage. Nesuin can come about as soon as the father gives his daughter over. So if you know, she starts walking towards uh, the husband, and then chuppah, and then certainly when they're intimate together, those are all stages of Nesuin, where they're actually living together. So Beishamah's point is, is that mian can only be done by an arusa. A Nesua cannot do mian. We'll have to understand why is that true. But Beishamah is saying that once she actually was living together with the guy, she can't walk away free then. Then the only way she gets out of the relationship is if she gets a get. If she gets a get. But without a get, it doesn't work. So Beishamah says, arusas. We only arrange the mian here for the arusas. Beisila, omrim, arusas, and nesuas. It's done for arusas as well as nesuas. It's done for both. Beishamah, omrim, babab, Another dispute. Beishami says Mion is only directed towards a husband, but not towards a Yavim. So what does that mean, towards a Yavim? So the case is that a man is married, um, he married an orphan girl, and then he died without any kids. So what's happening? So that condition was the Rabbanon. So me, the Rabbanon, when this person dies childless, then the, the widow is going to fall to his brother for Yibam. So the question is, can she uproot the Zika? Can she be mamayin? Remember, zika is the remains of a marriage. That's what a zika is. What's binding her towards even to the brother is the fact that there are certain uh, remains of her marriage from the disease. So the question is, can she do a mian on the zika? Is there such a concept? So we sh- and to get her out of chalitza. So Bishami says, no, no such thing. Only while her current relationship, her husband's alive, she can do mian. But not, she can't direct it towards the Avam. The Avam can be directed even towards the Avam. Mian is effective even towards the Avam. So what does that mean? She uproot the Zika and she can get married to somebody else even without getting Chalitza. However, we're going to see that that's not the only way to learn the Mishnah. We'll see in the Gemara there are other ways to learn, but that's the Pashup Shad. The Pashup Shad is that what Bishol is saying is that even after the marriage ends, if there's anything that remains, there's a Zika form that remains that's requiring her to get Chalitza before she remarries, she can do Mion to the Zika. And by doing Mion to the Zika, then um, that will set her. That will set her free. 
A third dispute, me and can only be done to the, in the presence of the husband. In other words, the idea is you got to be able to say it to his face. If you can't say it to his face, you can't do me. That's Beishamah's idea. We're scared that if the husband's prayer was there, she wouldn't say it. So, you know, it's like uh, some of the types of things you don't say to a person's face. Beishamah says, no, she's got to be able to say it to his face to go free. Me and can be done, even not in the presence of the husband. And we're going to see that there is a requirement on some level, being in front of someone, we'll see in a second. But it does, once she expresses that she's not happy with it, she can go free, even not to him. Now, where, a fourth thing here, Bishamah Basin has to be done in a court of law. It has to be three real judges. We don't need a real court of law. And again, we'll see if we require anything at all, but according to Basil, it does not have to be a formal court of law. Now, another point, a fifth... Um, a fifth point, as long as she's still a minor, if she keeps, she keeps on refusing her marriage or relationships and keeps on getting remarried, she can keep on doing it. So she could be, you know, four or five relationships where she keeps on doing me. So she got married, she did me, and she moved on to somebody else, she does me, and she keeps on going four, four, five, four or five times. As long as she's still a minor, she can do me. What the Israel, the daughters of Christ are not to be treated like Hefker, like it's too. Too casual to have such a thing. She refuses her husband once, and then she has to wait until she becomes an adult. You know, in other words, even if she's in Arusa, we can do Mia, and she can only do it once in her lifetime. It's not a good thing to let her do it and do it again. So she does it once, and then we don't let her remarry. This is the Chiddush. Since we don't want her to do it again, we actually don't allow her to remarry until she's at the age that her Kedushin would be Darai. So that's the Pashup shot in the Mishnah. So once she does refusing, then she has to wait until she becomes an adult. And then it's Ramana Vitanasi. Then the Mishnah says she will refuse and marry again. So what does that mean? She'll refuse again? So the Gemara is going to jump all over that. What does that mean? It sounds like we're saying the basic point of Bishama is we don't let a woman even remarry again after she did meet once when she was a minor. We don't want this whole process to happen again. You do it once, you're out. Now you got to wait till you're an adult. But Beishami seems to slip in that once she turns an adult, she's going to do mean again, which seems very strange. Mean is done when you're a minor, you get out of the condition. So we'll have to address that in the Gemara. So bottom line is, we have five different disputes here between Beishami and Beishami. Whether an Isua can do mean, whether mean can be done to a Yavam, whether it has to be done in the presence of the husband, whether it has to be done in a court, and whether it can be done multiple times. Continues the Gemara here. What is the reason for Beishamah that Nesua cannot do refusing to her husband? What's the reason? As long as she's still a Kahana, why is there no Mion? What's the Yisoyed here? The answer is, There are no stipulations that are binding in Nesua. So what does that mean? Kedushin you can make with a stipulation. A person can be a woman, I'm going to ask anything he wants, right? You can say, I'm going to ask your father, he gives me a 200 zos. And if the father doesn't give 200 zos, then she's not Mekodesh. So you can make any binding stipulation. That's fine. But once you go to Nesuin, if you don't express that your tonight is still there, if you make an Nesuin without saying anything, then we assume that you canceled your tonight. So let's say he made the Kedushin and I'm going to ask the father to give 200 zos. Then he takes her to the Chopah and he's intimate with her and he doesn't repeat the Tanai. We assume that he canceled it. And the concept of canceling a stipulation when you marry a girl, when you're intimate with her, is that in the moment of intimacy, you forgive. That's the concept. In the moments of intimacy, you're more, you know, it's unequivocal love. Like, think about it like that. No strings attached. Like, that's the concept. And therefore, if Allah doesn't say anything, we always assume there's no time to do it. And that's a very important thing, because then if a person made it tonight when the condition, but then they didn't do it, and we assume it was canceled. So the ramifications are that even if the tonight never ends up being fulfilled, the woman is still an ashes ish. So that's the rule. That is the rule. Ain't tonight been it. However, if a minor who is fully married and intimate with her husband will be allowed to do me and people are going to come to assume that a stipulation made at a condition remains unfulfilled at the time of the Nisu and they'll come to say that it's binding even with regard to a marriage. So meaning, what are they going to say? People don't know she was a katana, katana do me and they don't know that. They just see over here that a girl left without a get. 
How did a girl leave without a get? You know what people are going to assume? They're going to assume there was an unfulfilled condition. They don't know this whole lumbus that when a girl is a minor, she can do me and walk away. People will assume, you know why she walked away? There was an unfulfilled condition, so she was never married. People will conclude, ah, must be that there's a concept of an unfulfilled condition even for an Asua. And really, that's not the halacha. For an Asua, we assume that all stipulations are canceled. We don't want people drawing that conclusion that there could be an unfulfilled stipulation making her not a married woman once she was in a sua. Therefore, we say, don't do mion. Now you're stuck in the marriage. The only time you can do mion is at a time when unfulfilled conditions also can cancel it. Not because, again, important, important. Not because mion works with tonight. There's nothing to do with it. Mion works stop. The rabbi said she could refuse the marriage. But people don't get that. People might think what's happening is that there's an unfulfilled condition. So we only let mion be done at a time that unfulfilled conditions will cancel a marriage. Says the Gemara, so that's all good if he was intimate with her. What if he only did chuppah? Right? Beishami said, anytime she's in a sewer, she can't do mian. That implies even after the chuppah. But why? After the chuppah, the, 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 we shouldn't have the concern because the stipulation, there's no intimacy yet. Says The truth is that even with chuppah alone, it's already closeness towards the intimacy. And at that time, already all stipulations are canceled. Says the Gemara, what if the, the father just delivered his daughter over to the husband's agents? And the law is that she becomes an Asua as soon as it's a transfer, as soon as the, the father gives her over already, she's an Asua from then. So technically, what if she, she didn't even go to the chuppah, but she was just went with the husband's agents? So at that point, it's Mashma and the Mishnah, the Bejama is saying she can't do me in because she's an Asua. But why? She wasn't intimate at all. She didn't even do a chuppah. Says the Gemara, the rabbi said it in a way. Which, incom- which included all types of Nisuin. Since there are types of Nisuin, where tonight it doesn't, is not unfulfilled to none, don't cancel. So the rabbi said there's no mean for Nisuin, even if she wasn't intimate with him at all, even if she didn't, wasn't Nechasol Chopah. So bottom line is, there are three types of ways of becoming a Nisuin. You could be Bia, Chopah, or even just the father giving her over to the husband's agents. In any of these cases, Rishamah is saying that, that, that she can't do Mina any longer because some of the cases you would say the concept of cancellation of stipulation and people won't, won't be able to get that. Says the Gemara, how come he's not concerned? He says, mean could be done for Nisuah. Everybody knows that the, man, the marriage of a minor girl is Durabanan. So everybody understands that there's Mian. Nobody's going to think that, it, that the reason why she walked away free is because it was an unfulfilled condition. Everyone's going to understand she was a minor and it was because of the Mian. Says the Gemara's second interpretation, what's Bishamah's reason that Mian cannot be done for an It's because a person does not want that his bio should be promiscuous. So what, think about it. What happens if a guy marries a minor girl, he lives with her for five years, and then she does mian, right? So they were never married. So that means all of his bios that he had with her in the retrospect were all outside of marriage. So a person doesn't want that. If mion, it, it makes the husband feel horrible. So if he only, the, the concept of mion was only for an Arusa, big deal. He never slept with her, so she walked away. Okay, we were preparing to be intimate with each other, but we weren't. But the husband's perspective, if he was intimate with a girl and then she does mion, he feels he sinned in retrospect, which is not good. We don't want husbands feeling that way. Why do we want husbands feeling that way? Not so much because we care about the, uh, their emotions, but because then they'll never, they'll never do it. Then of a marry a minor. If, if it could come out that all of my intimate acts with her were all, were all promiscuous, then I don't want to take that risk. I don't want to marry such a girl. So therefore, in order to protect it, the rabbi says, there's no mean once you're intimate with her. What if you only did chuppah? The husband doesn't even want his chuppah to be a chuppah of Isser, you know, a chuppah which was promiscuous. She wasn't really married. 
What if they, it was not even a chuppah, right? This, the weakest form of Nisuin where, 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 where she was just given over to the husband's agents. How come over there you can't do means? That's more of a The rabbis didn't distinguish any types of Nisuin. They said, since some types of Nisuin would make the husband feel bad, and therefore it would um, inhibit him from ever marrying, marrying. So therefore the rabbi said that any types of Nisuin you don't do means. Says the Gemara Basil, so what's Basil's reason? Why do they permit Neon even in case of Nisuin? And how come they're not concerned for the husband's emotions? The answer is, since Midrabanon, there was a Kedushin and Iksuba, people aren't going to relate to it as Biasnos. Meaning to say, even though technically you're right, Neon uproots the relationship, and Lamafreya, retroactively, they were never married. But there was still a formality, there was a wedding, there was Iksuba, and all these things are true. So, it still is not called Znus. And that's the tug of war of this parak. The tug of war of the parak is, is that were they married or were they not married? It's a paradox. There was a Kedushin, there was a Chuppah. But on the other hand, like, really technically, she's saying that her Das was always faulty and that they were never married. So, but what is saying is that it's not going to be perceived as really being Znus. Says in Arthur, Shara, Papa, Amar, Everybody's thinking for the payros. What are we talking about? What fruits are we talking about? So when a woman brings in an asset called Nechse Malug, let's say she brings in a piece of real estate. So the law is that all of the, um, the, the produce of the real estate, are, the husband is entitled to, once there's Nisuin, right? When, not when, he does not entitled to the fruits when he marries her, but only when he, once he lives with her. So what does that mean? It means he'll be in charge, he'll plant the ground, he'll harvest the fruits, he'll sell them, and fruits are in anything. You know, if he wants to make investments, like any fruits of the land can go to the husband. So what's the point here? It's almost like a rental car. Do you ever rent a car, right? You know you're giving it right back. So you treat it like you treat it well, you don't treat it well, you don't treat it with respect, right? You don't treat it well, and that's always the thing. You know, that's why rental cars have such so much of a shorter life. Why? Because the people who are using them are very hard on them. They don't use them properly. They don't respect it the way they would respect their own property. So we're concerned here if a husband is going to be using his wife's property. And at any moment, what's gonna happen? She can refuse it and pull out. So the husband has zero security in his investments here. So how's he going to treat the property? He's not gonna respect it. So what? To a certain degree, to a certain degree, it's, it's not that different, yeah. I mean, so here, just what's the concern practically is, let's say, you know, you could be very hard on the property. You could plant it way too much, which in the short term might be good, but in the long term, it's really bad for the land. Right, so for the husband, he's like, let me do that, because I don't know if it's gonna be here tomorrow, so I may as well get what I can get today. So in the long term interest of the woman, it's really bad, and therefore the rabbi said, no meon, once she turns into it. Once we're using the payros, once you have that perspective, no me and whatsoever. And it's a brilliant, brilliant economical point. So let's read it inside. He's going to snatch and, fee- and eat up all of the, all the field's produce in a way which is not necessarily good for the field. There's always the possibility that she's going to stand to leave him. Therefore, there's no me and once she's in a suah. So what's Shroud and Basil El? Reverse psychology. Since he's vulnerable, that she could do me in at any time, you know what he's going to do? He'll improve the property. He's going to do a great job. He's going to be the invest, best investor of all time. He's got all the motivations. He suffered, he loathed. I won't do that. Her relatives are going to advise her to do me on, and I'm going to lose everything. So he wants the property from an economical perspective. So he's going to treat it with the utmost respect. So that the family, his wife's family, will be very happy that he's taking care of the assets. So how do you like that? You know, what's going to motivate somebody? It's unbelievable. They're all trying to get the same thing. They want to make sure the husband will take care of the property well, in the best interest of his wife. He'll have the right to the fruit, but still maintain, you know, the principle. So how is he going to take care of it best? Bishamai says, by not allowing her to do mian. And Bishamai says, dafka, by allowing her to do mian. Unbelievable. Okay. She gets all of her assets back. Yeah, the back. principle, the principle. 
People don't want to go through the trouble of making a wedding and then waste it. So what does that mean? If we would make, when do you make a wedding? You don't, today we make a wedding, you know, Eris and Nisuin all together. But back in the day, when was the wedding? At the Nisuin. Not at the Erisin, at the Nisuin. So people would make a fancy wedding and then the woman did, did Mion and pulled the whole thing away. People are going to feel, I wasted all my money. What a waste of money. Why should I have ever done such a fancy wedding? And therefore, in the future, they're never going to marry Katana. Must be, that's why the rabbi said, after the wedding... There's no Mion. The Mion is only before weddings, only for Arusos. It's not true. Everybody's happy to get to get to have a wedding. Why? Because you see you're 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 a um, you have a reputation of someone who could get married. Now that's a fascinating thing, because you were also refused, right? The woman walked away. But the reputation of, of the fact that you were marriageable, right? You're marriageable, you have that material in you, you got the qualities of marriage, that's good for people's reputations. And therefore they don't view it as a waste of money. It's worth all those tens and thousands of dollars, right? For, uh, to make the wedding, uh, to get that reputation. So we come out that there were four different shots and why they might not like me and for Nisuin. How many do we get? Either people will think it's from a Tanai, an unfulfilled Tanai, there's no Tanai from Nisuin. Or the chat is that what well, people are going to think it's bias, it's nos, they don't want to have that. The third chat is people are not going to take care of the payers. And the fourth chat is people are going to view like they wasted their money at the wedding. All right, now we get into the second saying You can only refuse it to the Baal, to the husband while they're married, but once the husband died and now she's going to Yibam, she cannot refuse the Yavam. Basil says you can do Mian even to the Yavam. Omar Avoshia, what does this mean, do Mian to the Yavam? You know what it means? It means that if there was Maimer, remember, what's Maimer? Maimer is that if the Yavim gives her a ring, it says, it's like a marriage. So usually you need a get, and if let's say they would want to pull out, you need a get and Chalitza. Like, you know, like, but there's like a, a, a little marriage on the Maimer. So if, you, if it was, she was a minor, then she could refuse the Maimer that was given to her. That's, the, that's what it means. She, the same way you could do, you could do me into a marriage, you could do me into a Maimer. That's what it means. However, she can't refuse the zika. Meaning, if, 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 if she wants to get out of doing chalitza, and she's going to say, I refuse my zika. That doesn't work. You can't refuse your zika. Your zika, you're a stocking. You, you need chalitza. That's Rav Oshie. Rav Oshie understands that when Basilo says you could do mion to the avam, it means if he did mimer to you, you could refuse the mimer. And you don't need a get for the mimer. But to get out of the zika, that you don't need chalitza, there, mion does not work, and you're going to need chalitza. What's the reasoning? What's the difference? Maimer, which is done with her own consent, she can uproot. However, Zika, the Balkarcha, Zika, which is done against her will, and that's the point. Zika is against her will, right? She just is forced into the Zika after the relationship ends with her previous husband who died. Now she is forced into the Zika. So she's forced into the Zika, you can't uproot that. Imagine he did Yibam. Yibam could be done against her will. What would happen post Yibam? Presumably she could uproot that. When Basil says that Yavama can do me unto her husband and the Yavam, we can assume that just as with the with the husband is even after Nisuin, so too with the with the Yavam is even after he did he did Bia, even after he did Yibam, presumably Basil is saying she could be refused now the Yibam after Yibam was done, or Yibam was done, let's say against her will even. Now she could refuse to her current relationship with the Yavam and walk away scot-free. We assume that to be true. So that's done against her will. So you see that Mian doesn't only have to be done to things that she did with her consent. Even Yivam, which was done without her will, could be done without her will. Still, presumably, she has a right to refuse and protest. So now our question comes back. If you're saying you could refuse the Maimah that's done, you're saying she can refuse the Yivam that's done. So how come I can't just refuse the Zika? 
How come I can't refuse the zika, the, the, the relationship, the remains of the relationship and the dead husband, which is now thrust upon the woman that she's in, now in that relationship with the uh, Yavam? How come she can't refuse that and say, I'm out, and have not any chalitza at all? How come she can't refuse the zika if she could refuse a mimer or a yibo? Says the Gemara, Ella, let's explain. Those are man's actions, right? How does Mimer and Yibam come about? Human beings did them, right? That's the point. Maybe it wasn't with her will and consent necessarily, but it was through human action. That Matzahakra, she can approve what a human being did. Zika is God placed it upon her. Zika is Hashem said. Hashem just said, after the death of a husband, you are zokuk, you are bound to Yibam, and you are not free without Chalitza. There's no concept of approving what God put upon you. And that's a very interesting svar. So that's why, according to Rav Oishia, this is Rav Oishia's svar. When the Mishnah said, you could do me unto the Yavam, it did not mean you could uproot the Zika and walk away without Chalitza. That's not what the Mishnah meant. You can't uproot what God gave you. Instead, what did it mean? That if the Yavam went and did Mimer, or the Yavam went and did Bia, did, did Yibam, she could uproot that current relationship which she has. But to uproot Zika before and just get out of the whole bind and not need Chalitza and walk away scot-free, she cannot do that. That is Rav Oishia's view. Ula disagrees. Ula, she could do mion even to the zika. She doesn't require chalitza. She could do mion to the zika, walk away, scot free. My time is soon as soon come out kaka. She's not approving the zika. Listen to this lundus. What is Ula saying? She's not approving the zika directly. She's approving the original marriage. Meaning like this. How does mion work? Mion works so retroactively. Your marriage was not a marriage. So I know her husband is dead now. But since there are remains of the marriage that exist in the Zika, which is forcing her into the Zika with the Yafam, she says, retroactively, I never liked my old husband, right? I wish I never would have married him. What does that mean? Retroactively, she was never married to the dead husband. Ah, you're never married to the dead husband. And then Mamela, you don't have the Zika, you walk away scot-free. So you're not looking the bull in the eye. You're not saying directly, I don't want the Zika. You're saying, I don't want the original marriage. If I don't want the original marriage, Mamela, that pulls the carpet out from under. Now I don't need to do Chalitza to the to the brother-in-law, to the brother, because, because um, she was never married, it turns out, to the dead husband. So that's a machlokah. So according to Ula, when the Mishnah says she does, she does miyam to the zika, what does it mean? Direct. Even before any mimer, before any yibam stam, she's talking to yibam, she says, I didn't like my original marriage, I'm out, I don't need chaliz. Kavaldaga machlokah. Is a What did the Mishnah say on that base? Let's say I had one of the fifteen arise who who was able to refuse but didn't, meaning was a minor. Let's say two two brothers married two sisters, but the girl one of the girls was a minor. So so when the husband of the minor died, she's falling to yibum, but she's an erva, right? She's a, she's a, she, she's an erva, so she doesn't do yibum. What about her co-wife? Normally, a co-wife of an erva doesn't do yibum. Here, it's a co-wife of an erva derabanan. Right? That's what it is. So what's the law? So the co-wife needs chalitza and not yibam. Why? Because midar it's not an erva. So midar wasn't married. So therefore she needs chalitza, the co-wife. She doesn't do yibam because midar she's the co-wife of an erva. That's what the Mishnah Daf Bey said. Again, an erva doesn't do yibam and her co-wife as well. But if it's an er- if it's an erva, that's only an erva midar She was able to do mean but didn't do so. Right? She was a minor. She didn't, but she didn't refuse. She was a minor. So then the co-wife will do chalitza but not yibam. What's the whole issue? Am I to mine hashta? Let her do me and now. Now they're falling to Yibam. We're saying that these two girls, these two co-wives are falling. One is a, is a wife's sister. One's an erva. And one is the co-wife. And we're saying we have a whole bind that the tsari and these chalitza and Yibam. Let the erva do me and now. Let the sister, the minor sister say retroactively, I was never married. 
retroactively uproot that she was ever married, and then the Kohen can do Yibam. The whole reason a Kohen of an Erva came to Yibam is because she was married together with the Erva. But if the Erva now, even after the, hus- the husband died, if the Erva now will uproot the marriage, it will turn out retroactively she was never married to the dead deceased husband. The Tzara was never a Tzara of an Erva. Let her do Yibam. So why is the Mishnah that they say that the Tzara of an Erva does Chalitza not Yibam? Why are you saying that? Why not, why not go ahead and have the opportunity for the Erva to make a meal now, which retroactively means she wasn't married in the Tzara. Can even do Yibam. Must be. Elamai, what do I see? You can't do me in after death. You can't do me in after death. Akash Anula. Says the Gemara, Tzara is Erva Shaini. The Kohai for the, of this orphan minor who is an Erva is different. Why is it different? Why is it different? The Tani Rabbi Be'er Chazkel, taught us in a price. Mian Ababal, if the minor had done Mian to her husband while he was alive, Mutaris La'avim, she could even marry his father. Let's just get that concept. A man is married to a woman who is a minor. She does Mian. Once she does Mian, retroactively, she was never married. She's mutter to his relatives. She could marry his father. What's Pshat? Because they were never married. Normally, when you marry a woman, right, they ask for each other's relatives. Here, retroactively, she was never married. She can marry his father. But if she only did Mian after her husband died, meaning she's doing Mian first after the death of her husband. She's doing it towards, she's directing it towards the Zika, towards the Avam, Asura La'avim. Then even though retroactively she's really removing her whole marriage, but she's still asked her to marry their father. Why is that? What's the Pshat? Retroactively she removed it. She could do, right? I and mean, this is what we're saying according to Ula, you could do Mian to Zika. Retroactively you can remove it even after the husband died. So if retroactively you're removing it, why is she asked to the father then? What's the aside? Once the husband died, and because of the marriage, there was like a solidification that there was a marriage. She was falling to Yibam because of the marriage. So it's always going to appear like a daughter-in-law. Even if now she does Mian, it already feels like the marriage was final and over. It feels like it was solidified because she already was no fully Yibam because of the marriage and the husband's dead. So even though, yes, technically she could still do Mian and retroactively make that there was never a marriage. Technically that could happen. And that's why she could uproot the Zika and walk away without Chalitza. But she still ushered on the relatives of her, of her deceased husband. Why? Because it appeared like a, like a genuine daughter-in-law. So Hachanami, so too we could say with the daughter-in-law, even though technically, if the Erva would do Yibam, Lema she was never married in the Tsar, was not a Tsar's Erva. Bishas Nefila, at the time of the falling of Yibam, nearest Kitsaras Pito, the co-wife appeared like a daughter's co-wife. She appeared like the Tsar of an Erva. So what are we saying? We're saying a very interesting thing. According to Ula, you could do Mion to the Zika and uproot it and walk away scot-free. There is a concept of doing Mion even post the death of the husband and take away the Zika by retroactively taking away the whole marriage. 100% that, it's, that is true. However, any dinim that seemed to be solidified in place from the death of the husband, for example, her being Usr on her husband's relatives. Or another example is the co-wife of an Erva Usr. You can't pull those out because it already appeared like it was a final genuine halacha. It already appeared like it was a Tzara's Erva. It already appeared like, like this is a real daughter-in-law of, uh, of, of her deceased husband's father. So therefore, even though Ula is saying you could do Mion and pull away the Zika and walk away scot-free without Chalitza, those things are true, but you're still going to be Usr on the relatives. The co-wife of the Erva would still be Usr. So there's a limitation to how much can still be done. Okay, very good. So again, we have a machloikas in front of us from Aisha and Ula. Aisha was saying the chlal, you can never do mion to, uh, to, the de- to the dead husband and uproot the zika. You can only do mion while the husband's alive. That was Rav Aisha. And, and Ula said, no, you can do mion even post the, the death of the husband. You can do mion on the zika itself, take it away, and, uh, and, and not in chalitza. That was a machloikas that we had in front of us. 
But according to, even according to Ula, you end up in a very complex thing where what is Mian going to happen? What's going to happen when you do Mian? It, 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 it takes away the Zika. It takes away the Zika, but it still appeared like you fell Yibum and you get a very complicated like state of affairs here because she, she, she took away the Zika, but it looks like she fell to Yibum. Like it's a very complicated thing. And now we're really going to struggle nitty gritty in Lumdus of Durabonus because now we're all again in Ula. She's uprooting it. Technically, she wasn't a Vilazika, but it appeared that she had the Zika. So what's the matzah? So we're going to assume as follows. Here's a very important thing. We're going to assume that just as when you, just as when you get chalitza, just as when you have chalitza, what's the law? Can you marry the, the Yavim afterwards? What's the law? No. Right? Everyone understand that you do chalitza, can't marry the Yavim as well. What about when you do Yimir? Now we're moving on. After you do Yimir, according to Ula, you do Yimir, you matter, even the Zika, you walk away. Can, you, can this woman in the future marry the relatives? And the answer is she can't. The Rabbanan, it's fascinating. It's all, again, such a tug of war here. All in the Rabbanic world where Be'etzim in Lamda, she's pulling away the whole marriage retroactively. She was never married. Of course, there's no answer to the Yavah. But Mitzat Cheney, it appears like she fell to Yibum. And she was able to do something to remove herself from that Zika. In a certain way, we can't say it fully removed her original marriage. We're still saying she's also on the, on the relatives of it because she only did it after it seemed genuine. But we still allowed her to get out of the Zika. So she fell, but she retroactively removed it, but not completely. It's like a fascinating paradox. So we assume that she's Aser on that person. I'm a Rav Miyana Bazazazer A mind who refused this brother, she's Aser to any other brother. It's no different than Yavama who received the get. So according to Rav, she's not Aser on the one that she did me and towards, but she's Aser on anyone that she didn't do me and to. So what's going on here? Let's clarify. Let's clarify. When she's doing Mion, she's going to direct it towards a certain Yavam. Now, again, the way it works in Lamdas is that she's pulling away her original marriage. But she's directing it. She's saying, I don't want to be Zakuk to him. So let's say there's, there's two brothers, Ruven and Shimon. She's saying, I don't want to marry him. I don't want a Zika to Ruven. I don't want that. She, she's directing it in a personal way towards one person. And therefore, it's removing her Zika from him. So what we're saying, though, is that what happens is, is that she becomes usher to the other brother, just like what happens is when Yavama receives a get. Just like when, when, there's a, when Yavama receives a get from one brother. The impact is on the whole Zika. It's not personal. You can't receive one guy gives a get, and now she's usher to him, but much of the other guy. It doesn't work like that. What happens? If she becomes usher to one brother who gave the get, she's usher to all of them. It's not different over here. When, when, when Yavama performed me and toward one brother, it's no different. She's usher to do even with all of them. Once she... Even though she only directed her mian towards one yavam, she's also to be taken in yibam. Um, she's also to be taken in yibam towards all of them. So to the one that she did yibam to, it makes sense because it appears like it was a genuine husband. It appears like there was a genuine marriage, and it appears that she was zakuk, and then just she removed her zika. So therefore, just as like a halutza cannot marry cannot marry in Yibam in the future, so too the Mion. But the Chiddush that we're saying in Rav is that she's also to all the brothers, meaning it goes on the Zika now. All the people that she was, appeared like she was Zakuk to, she's forever Aser to. That's what Rav is saying. Just, so just as when you give a get on the, on the Zika, it goes, it's not personal, it's not Ruven's get, Shimon's get, it's on the Zika. So anyone that she had the Zika to, she's not allowed to marry, so too Mion. Mion doesn't work, even though she's going to say, I don't want to do it to these young, she could direct it personally, it does not work in a personal way. It's Chal and the Zika. So basically, what, what, how, what do we walk away with? She appeared like she has Zika, but she's taking away the Zika. So she walks away without Chalitza, but she's also to marry all of them. That's the, that's the Nakuda of Rav. So in the future, she can't marry all of them. Again, it's a paradox because the way that she removed the Zika is by saying retroactively she was never married. So then why, what's, what exactly is offering her on the brothers? 
What's Oswinger is the Darabonan paradox in the sense that it appeared like she was a genuine widow, and yet she was able to pull out from it. So it's no different than a Chalutza, who was a widow who fell. She got freed. She can't marry any of the brothers. So to hear, she appeared like she fell. She appeared like a genuine Yavama. She was got out of it somehow by doing her Mian. Mian is Chal in the Zika. That's the point of Rav. Mian is on the Zika. It's also to everybody. A second opinion, Shmuel even though, even though she didn't mean, she still muttered to another brother. Only She's only also on the one who she said, I'm doing mean towards. But on another brother, she's muttered to do to do, to do, to do Yivam. It's not like Basagat. the When a man gives a, a Yavam, gives a Yivam, I get, it's the, the Yavam who's doing it. So therefore, it's Chal and the Zika. Hacha, Hika of the Bay with me and a Chi who's doing it. And Mion, therefore, is personal. Mion is not Chal and the Zika. Mion is Chal in a personal way. She's saying, I don't want you and I don't want to desire you. The implication is, you I don't want I might want your brother. So according to Shmuel, she could do Mion towards one brother and say, Klape you, the Zika I don't want. But Klape another brother I'm interested in doing in doing Yibam. How do you like that? Now that's a tremendous thing. It's very important because even could be done Balkarcha, remember that, right? So she, she doesn't want one brother, but she's interested in another brother. So she says, you, I don't want. And then uh, she might marry the other one. That's Shmuel. So according to him, the mean is a chal on the Zika necessarily. It's chal in a personal way that I don't want the Zika to you, but I could have somebody else. If she did mean, she's even mutter to him. She's even mutter to him himself, even the one that she didn't mean to. So how could that be? How could that be? Maybe Ravasia was like Ravosia. She can't refuse the Zika at all. Remember, Ravosia was the one who said, post the death of the husband, you can't do mean at all. So the mean never released from the Zika, right? So the Zika is totally intact. Therefore, she could take and give him even to the oven that she refused. Because if you don't know like that, if you hold like Ula, that it does remove the Zika, then at least from the one that she removed the Zika from, she should be also from. Says the Gemara, no, no, no. If there was only one Yavam, then Ravasi would hold that she could uproot it, like Ula said, and go away without Chalitza. But since we're dealing with two Yavamim, the reason why Mian is ineffective, Mian cannot be to half a Zika. So what's the Svar of Ravasi? The Svar of Ravasi is if there's two, and Mian by definition is personal. I don't want you. So how could, if, and how could you uproot the Zika clapping one person? Zika comes from the original, original husband's remnants of his marriage, and it is towards both brothers. So there's no concept of doing me and towards only one. So if there would only be one brother, then maybe, maybe Ravasi would hold like Ula that she could take away the Zika and walk away scot-free. But if there's two brothers, then you can't do Mion. So let me give a, 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 just a, a summary of what we have here. There's so much, so many different ideas going around. The first important thing is that there's a machlokas between Rav Oishia and Ula if in general, a Yavama can uproot her Zika. Even if there's one brother, simple. Could a woman uproot her Zika? Rav Oishia says, no, you can't. Once the husband died, you can't uproot the Zika. She's definitely going to require Chalitza. Ula saying, no, you can uproot the Zika and walk away scot-free. That's a concept. Now, all within Ula's opinion, now we have three stardom going on here. What happens when she does mean? But Lamaisa, she appeared like she was a genuine widow, was falling the Ibum. How does that now mean, implicate her for the future, of whether she can marry the others? So one opinion is, once you did mean, you're also on all the brothers, just like Abbas again. Another opinion is, once you did mean, you're also on the one you did mean too, but you could split it. You could say, I want to marry him, but not you. And one opinion is, when there are multiple brothers, you can't be my mind. You can't do my mind to only one. It doesn't work like that. 
Says the Gemara, another ruling, Kiyos Rabban, Rabbi Yochan Rabban, Kiyos Rabban, Kiyos Rabban, Kiyos Rabban, Kiyos Rabban, Rabbi Yochan was quoted me as a Mizdaris Lachim, that if a minor Yavim refused this brother, she's mutter to the brothers. But they didn't agree with Rabbi Yochan. So what does it mean they didn't agree? It means Rav, because according to Rav, she's also to all the brothers. Rav is going to say Ravoshi. According to Ravoshi, there was never a Mion Bachlau. Remember, Ravoshi holds you can't do Mion on the Sika, so she mutter all them. Some people say Ravasi. Ravasi says when there's multiple brothers, then. Um, you can't do mean, but when there is one, you could. And the implication here was not that way. So we have different ways of understanding what this statement coming in from Rabbi Yochanan. So bottom line is a lot of different stuff here and how mean lazika works. Really complicated um, how it works, but, but we have many different opinions. It seems most people hold that Mion does uproot the Zika that she could go away without Chalitza, but she does still appear like she is a widow, and therefore by doing Mion, she's usher on the one that she did it to. It's a machlokas if it's to all the brothers or not. All right, now we continue further. What was the third dispute? Beishamai said, me could only be done to the husband. He still said, even if the husband's not there. Tanya says, in there was somebody named Pishon the Gamal, the camel driver. Pishon the camel driver, he did me and there was me and that wasn't done in his presence and the rabbi said it was good. So isn't that a raya that it doesn't have to be in his presence? What happened was he was a really bad guy and he was, did bad things to his wife's maluk property. He taka didn't treat it properly and therefore therefore they measured for him badly. Meaning they didn't meet the connecting meet They did something in extenuating circumstances. Usually you can't do me on unless you're in the presence of the husband. But since this husband was such a jerk and dealing so horribly with his wife's property, the rabbis made a special exception and they allowed the mion even though he wasn't there. Talk to him about, but wait a second, how did the whole story happen? If he was eating the fruits, it must be she was already in Nesua. I thought, according to Beishamai, a Nesua is not allowed to do mion. So what's this whole case of Pishon the Gamel Traver that she didn't mion not in his presence and extended doing circumstances? But Lamaisa, she was already in Nesua. If she was in Nesua, according to Beishamai, she can never do mion. Trick it in the Abdullah. Says the Gemara, they, they made a double knot. Meaning, you're right. She was in a suah, you normally are not allowed to do mian. Not in the presence, you're not allowed to do mian. But it was such a crazy circumstance that the husband was being so bad to the property that the rabbi simply said she could do mian even though she's in a suah and even though it's not in his presence. According to Beishamah, it's only in front of Beishamah. Beishamah says, even not Beishamah. We learned in a Mishnah, Chalitza and Mian cases are done with three judges. So, who's that Tana that sounds like Mian is done only with three judges? It's going to Beishamah because Beishamah holds that you don't need a court. Abai says, I feel the could be going that Mion is valid even without the court. says, You don't need the court. He only meant you don't need expert judges. But Beisilah agrees that you do need you do need three judges, just they could be people who don't who aren't don't know the law as well. But you need a presence of three people. Because the Tanah says in a price up. But Bryce clarifies this. Bishami says only in front of the court. Even without a court. But even Basil agrees you need three people. They say even two people are good. Allah goes as we paskin like that pair that we say even two people, mean um, can be done even in front of two judges. Okay, so a lot of different opinions. Bottom line is everybody agrees you need some judges. The question is just mumchen, not mumchen, or how many. What was the final dispute? Could she do me in multiple times? Bishamai said, one time and that's it, right? But then what did he say? He had a hard proper, he had a hard line. He says she does it once, then she can't get married until she turns an adult, then she refuses and gets married. She already did me in when she was a minor. So all we should say is do me in once, then wait to get married until you're an adult. But what does it mean once she comes an adult? It sounds like she's doing me in again. So what does that mean? 
So the Gemara answers, Amar Shmuel, Ashetagdil, she grows up, Vitomer, and she says, I still want my first mian, meaning I don't retract from my mian. We ask her if she regrets making mian. And what happens if she regrets making mian? Then she's still married. So what happened? The minor got married. She's five years old. Yeah? She refuses her marriage. So she walks away and we don't let her get married again according to Bishamah. We don't want the process to go again. She becomes 12. When she turns 12, we say, you're still happy you did Mian? If she answers, yes, I'm still happy, then she goes and she gets married with the rise, so everything's good. But if she says, I'm not happy I ever did Mian, then what would happen? Then she would still be married to her original husband. We ask her if she's happy that she did Mian. Very interesting thing. The Mishnah is actually saying two separate cases. Either either she does Mion, she becomes an adult, and then she gets betrothed. We don't ask her if she's about to do Mion again. It just means she, we wait until she becomes an adult, and then she'll marry Midaraisa. Or she performs Mion, and then she becomes she could do Nisuin right away. So meaning to say, another way how we'll allow her to get married right away, even before she's an adult, is if she'll do Nisuin. Because remember, according, what's the whole point? Bishama doesn't want her to get into a new relationship and do Mion again. But according to Bishama, you know, we could make sure that happens. We could just make sure we could let her get married, but just do Nisuin. If we do Nisuin, you can't do Mion according to Bishama. So there's two different ways, two different things a minor can do after, after, after she did Mion. Either she could do nothing, wait till she's an adult to get married with the Raisa, or she could get married right now, but do Nisuin, which would mean that she can't do Mion. So the one thing we don't want her to do is do another Eris. While she's a minor. That's the one thing we don't want her to do, because then she could do me in again. So either she has to wait until she becomes an adult, or she could do Nisuin right away. According to Ula, they were talking about two cases. That's why it says, because, because in both cases, we're talking about the possibility of a second second mean. It's not mean. It's just until she grows up and she says, says the Gemara, Kasha, the language you're right, it's a little bit difficult because according to Shmuel, she doesn't mean any mean. It's just, all all it means is that she has to grow up and say, I still am happy that I once did mean. So you're right, the language that we're dealing with is a little bit off, but even though the language is a little bit off, that is what we assume the pshat is. The pshat is is that we're going to wait for her to grow up and once she grows up, then she will tell us whether she's still happy that she did mean.